Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the show. Are you ready to do your side project? Well, we've been talking about 10% entrepreneurship. We started talking with a venture capitalist and a 10% entrepreneur back in episode 81. And we are going to jump right back into that conversation where we're going to talk about what it takes for you to become this 10% entrepreneur. I'm your host, Karthik, and let's jump right back into the show. Welcome to the Design Your Thinking Podcast, a show where we think, learn, and explore the product mindset so you can design better products every day. And now your host, Karthik. Hey there, welcome back to the show. We've been talking about side projects since the last episode, which is episode 81, where we started talking to Patrick McGuinness, who is a venture capitalist and a 10% entrepreneur. Well, that's the name he's given himself and everyone who takes, uh, who takes the courage to set aside 10% of the time and other resources to do a side project. Well, he is a venture capitalist and this is the first time I'm having a venture capitalist on the show. But then, he, more than that, he is a 10% entrepreneur or somebody who believes in, in doing side projects. All right. In episode 81, we started talking about who is this 10% entrepreneur. And also, he, uh, you know, Patrick went on to talk about what he sees the, the most successful 10% entrepreneurs do, how they pick their side projects, what do they do. And what are the most common types of 10% entrepreneurs he's seen? And also he talks about why do people really start these side projects? So if you haven't listened to episode 81, I think you should go ahead and bookmark that episode. But that said, you should continue listening to this episode right now because we are going to talk about how you can get started with your first 10% entrepreneurship or your first side project. Well, what what lies ahead? We're going to be talking about the biggest mistakes that Patrick has seen, um, you know, other 10% entrepreneurs make and also what he has made. He's going to share some of the biggest mistakes that he has made himself. He also goes on to talking about how he sees uh, a lot of these people manage their resources like time. We talk about time. There are other resources like um, money. There is energy. There is a, a lot of attention. There are a bunch of other resources that we need to end up managing if we want to take 10% of those resources and set aside for a, a side project, right? So we also go on to talk about what Patrick, I mean, he is a venture capitalist. If you uh, have listened to the previous episode, you know that Patrick is somebody who comes with uh, experience in the Wall Street. So he took his skill uh, of actually you know, investing money and he goes about using that as his um, you know, core uh, forte in his side project. So one of the things he uh, talks about in this episode is what he thinks uh, about these 10% entrepreneurs as a venture capitalist and would he actually invest money in 10% entrepreneurs as this venture capitalist that he is today. He also goes about, uh, you know, sharing some great advice for you. If you are curious and keen on taking your first step, he goes about giving you some interesting advice that I think is going to really help you. All right. If you're ready, let's jump right back into the show. But then if you're listening for, to this episode before the last one, I think I should give you a quick introduction of our guest today. Our guest is a venture capitalist and a private equity investor who founded Dirigo Advisors after a decade on Wall Street to provide strategic advice to investors, entrepreneurs, and fast-growing businesses. 
He's the author of The 10% Entrepreneur, published by Pen- Penguin Books. He also writes for Business Insider, Huffington Post, Boston Magazine, and Forbes. He's credited by the Boston Magazine with coining the term FOMO or fear of missing out, a term made popular by millennials and digital junkies that was added to the Oxford Dictionary back in 2013. He's a graduate of Harvard Business School and Georgetown University and lives in New York City. All right, let's jump right into the conversation with Patrick McGuinness. So uh, let's let's move on here. So you, you've you've done this now for ten years, uh, close to ten years at least, and uh, I'm sure you've learned a lot of lessons, and I'm sure you've done a lot of mistakes. What are the big, biggest mistakes you have made, Patrick? Oh boy, mistakes. Okay, number one. Oh man, and I the good thing is that I'm not the only one that makes mistakes. So maybe you listening have made these mistakes as well. But uh, number one is when I started my first ten percent, I was so desperate to do something and so desperate to have some examples and just feel like I had momentum mm-hmm. that I um, I did one deal, I did one project uh, that I invested in a company that was really not a great fit. It was not mm-hmm. something I knew much about. It was not a great company. I really loved the entrepreneur who I invested in, but it was not something I sort of did it out of um, a desire to feel like I was doing something mm-hmm. rather than out of a strong conviction that this was a great opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was a big mistake. Uh, and, and it didn't do well. And I look, look, my money has disappeared. So, you know, I learned the hard way on that one. Uh, that's, that's a B I would say, um, and I may, we'll see over the long run, whether I've done the right thing or not, but I would say one of the things that I struggle with that, that may be a mistake is, am I too diversified too diversified or am I have I am I too into too many things so I've done over 20 projects mm-hmm. now I like that because I like to be in lots of different things and I like to leverage lots of different things and but you know one could argue I should have done three and focus much more on those and maybe I would have more upside we shall see over the long run but um but I I think my nature has always been somebody to do many different things and to be very diversified. And so it kind of fits my personality. Mm-hmm. But I sometimes I say, oh, I should have just, you know, really focused on a couple of things. And, and so we will have to see. That's, that's still an outstanding question. Wow, that's interesting. So uh, today, uh, after 10 years, you still do it alone or do you have a team uh, that takes care of those 20 different things? Uh, or at least I, part of it. Yeah, I so I partner with different people on different things in different areas. So for example, everything I do in the real estate space, I have a partner that I work with only on those projects and and that's about four or five of them. In the tech space, I tend to work with a group of uh the same people over and over and over again, mm-hmm. but I don't have a, a person that reports to me managing my 10% basically because most of them don't take that much time. Mm-hmm. I only engage with things that I can fit within my calendar and so it actually works quite well. Beautiful. That that's a good segue to my next question. In fact, you know, I've seen a lot of a lot of us. I mean, including myself, struggle uh, with managing this whole thing. Called, I'd like to just keep them as resources. 
which is like mm. um you know time money attention whatever it is so as uh 10% entrepreneurs that we are talking about these resources kind of start getting super constrained over a period in time right i mean we are talking about taking 10% of our time energy attention everything so let's take for a moment just the time uh, time bit but how have you seen the best of your uh you know the 10 person entrepreneurs you've come across you've invested in manage their time patrick i think it's a couple of things uh number one is i feel it goes back to the idea of doing things that you're good at and that you have mm-hmm. um you have sort of natural affinity towards because you're just way more effective and efficient in those types of things mm-hmm. and also working with people that you know because you know how they are and you can trust them and you don't have to spend as much time verifying um, what they're saying. And, and I think, you know, the more that you can partner with other people that you like and respect, the more that you can leverage your own time. Mm-hmm. But the third thing is I find the people who are most successful at this are people who have a real belief in what they're doing. And they're almost like mission driven. And that makes a big difference because, mm-hmm. you know, we all, sp- we could spend our time nowadays messing around on the internet all day. We have so many distractions. I mean, I think about how much time I spend just reading the news every day. I mean, it's a total and complete way. I could read the news one time during the day and, and have the same effect. But we are all distracted by all of these 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 things that we have in our lives, like phones and TVs and all sort of stuff. And so I feel like the people who do best are the people who, once they find their 10%, they take all of that time that's not productive and they put it towards their 10%. And they end up being much happier because there's nothing worse than sitting the whole day reading the news. I mean, it's, it's just, it's not a very healthy thing to do. Any, you can read about that basically anywhere these days. Mm-hmm. And so they, they get, they get this very positive level of obsession about it, I would say. And they end up taking up a bigger part of their life, but they end up integrating their friends, their family, their passions into it. And maybe even they end up going full time at some point. Oh, interesting. So, um, you know, that, that's a great point, in fact. And, um, you know, one of the things that I have derived a lot of value from is turning off notifications from your iPhone on any of the mm. social media. So yes. that, that gives you back a lot of time. So great. So Patrick, we've, uh, I think, spent quite some time talking about 10% entrepreneurship. Let me, like I said uh, early on, I'd like to tap into your alter ego as well, the VC in you. Um, mm. You know, one thing I've seen, uh, you know, I heard and experienced is this, when you are an entrepreneur, it's 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 all about the idea of running a business and it's about like you you know pointed out multiple times it's about taking the risk being able to calculate uh risk and take take that but you you've now been a venture capitalist and invest in companies and people um so question here would you invest your money and time in a business where the founder or the person who's doing it is a 10% entrepreneur? I, I would do mm-hmm. uh, with a couple of caveats. So I think the idea of investing in, 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 in somebody who is not full-time and never intends to go full-time is a little tricky. Um, they, this person either needs to have a business partner that will be able to run the business in, in a full-time nature and be able to keep driving it forward or has to intend to go full-time. Because I think uh, it's very fair for investors in a company to expect 
that uh, the people who run it will eventually be running it full time in order to scale it. But, mm-hmm. but for example, if you let's think about um, uh, there's there's lots of great examples of companies that have people involved who are not full time mm-hmm. that have gone on to raise money and be very successful. Uh, one example that's very high profile is the Honest Company, which is a company mm-hmm. that Jessica Alba, the actress, is involved with. She's doing all kinds of different things. I mean, she is she is a meaningful partner in that business, and she actually does a lot for that as well. But she's got other things going on, and, and people are fine with that. I think um, I think what's really critical is that you do need to have a team that is day to day fully engaged with the business, even if not everybody is. And so that would be my re- requirement. I see. So uh, to make things clear, it's entrepreneurship, uh, which is beyond a person. It's not solopreneurship that you invest in. Yeah, if there were one person, I'm. I, I believe as an investor that you need a team. It's very difficult for one person working alone to raise capital because, um, for many different reasons, you know, one of which is the fact that if something were to happen to this person, that the business would basically disappear. I mean, you need to have a, a team of people, and, and another because it's just hard to build a business all on your own. Right. So I think that that there are ways to address. Uh, one of the founders being fully employed, and that happens all the time. But a, a team of people who are all fully employed that never intends to go full time, I think that's much more difficult. True, true. I I see where you're going with that. Yeah. So, I mean, you've now been uh, doing this kind of investing, and um, <clears throat> uh, I'm sure you're uh, in good connection, or you 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 frequent other venture com- you know venture capital communities and talk to other VCs as well. How do you, I mean, do you see this kind of uh, mindset of being uh, of VCs and angels and other investors showing interest to invest in people who are 10% entrepreneurs? Uh, and do you see a trend here? I mean, how, how do you see the future looking? Because if we are advocating people to take the step and become this 10% entrepreneur and all going well, things go, I mean, things go well with people and they are looking to actually scale beyond a certain point. I'm sure they're going to go back to investors. So do you see some sort of a trend here? Um, What's your, what's your take? Definitely. I do all the time. And I think um, there's a couple of things that tend to happen. So one thing you tend to see is that you do have a team where one person may be in a role that they're never going to leave. Mm. But they are meaningfully involved in the business. I have a, a a friend who I met with recently who started a company. They've raised many millions of dollars now. I think at least five million. And his co-founder mm. is uh, the chief scientist in a major tech company. So that person will never leave um, their job because they have this massive, very high-profile job. But they spend a certain amount of time every week working on this other venture. And the investors are totally fine with it because there is somebody there to run it on a day-to-day basis and to be there you know, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. You also see that a lot with – think about um, Jack Dorsey right, mm-hmm. and, and Elon Musk and people like that. There are more and more entrepreneurs uh, that are actually doing several things at once, which I think – is quite astounding, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, people would would allow a person to be running several billion dollar companies at once. To me, that's that's quite quite a new phenomenon. Mm. But also, um, you tend to see what's really interesting is, and I saw this with a friend of mine. Um, uh, she was uh, one of the founders of the Gilt Group, and then she was an advisor as a ten percent entrepreneur to a company called Glam Squad. 
And she was able to then use her 10% to transfer into a new business, raising capital around that. So I think investors, what investors want to see at the end of the day are a couple of things. Number one, they want to believe that the team is capable of executing on its plan, that they are credible and that you know, oftentimes if you are an existing entrepreneur and you've been successful, you have a lot of leeway to structure the business as you would like. Mm-hmm. The number two thing is they want to believe that there is a alignment of incentives between the founders and the investors. Mm-hmm. And as long as you can do those uh, two things and you can achieve those balances of investors, they're, I think, very more and more very flexible about how you engage and whether you're 10 percent or 100 percent or 43 percent or, or whatever it is. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, one thing I, I don't know if I, if I heard you right in a few of the talks that you've done, um, I heard you say, uh, you know, kind of infer to the fact that people should take up 10% entrepreneurship and in fact do multiple of them. So is, is it a good time to do multiple 10% uh, gigs at a given at, a, at the same time if you are actually doing it yourself? Uh, that's the first part of the question. Second is, uh, is there a good time to uh, to get on your ten person project full time? Based on okay. experience. Yeah. So the first question: Can you do multiple ones at once? Yes, you can. It really depends on how you're going to do ten percent entrepreneurship. So, for example, if you're a founder and your ten percent is starting a company that you're going to run on the side, and you expect to put meaningful, meaningful time into that. Starting two companies that you're running on the side probably isn't realistic because you just don't have the time and the mind share to be able to do that. If you're an angel investor and you're investing in projects or you're an advisor and you're giving a set amount of time per month to help with somebody else's company, you can do multiple ones of those. I mean, many angel investors are investors in you know, more than 10 companies um, if they have the capital to do that. And you can mix and match. So I think it's all about sitting back saying, how much time do I have? And then choosing the engagement that works for you. And even if, for example, one way to be a 10% entrepreneur is to do a project, uh, for example, build a website or um, come up with a marketing plan mm-hmm. with uh, with your free time. And then you can trade that for ownership in a company. You could do that very intensively for a company for two months and then move on to another one and another one. Or you could do a couple at once just depending on your schedule. So, so it's very doable. And in fact, most 10% entrepreneurs do more than one. I've seen that over and over again. In terms of full in terms of full-time versus part-time, what I have seen and what I I believe is that um that there you get to a point as a 10% entrepreneur assuming that you are successful in a venture. Say you are a founder of a of a company and you're running it in your free time and it starts to do well. And you get to a point where you are uh, constrained the growth of that business is constrained because you don't have enough time or you don't have enough mind share or resources or whatever it is. Either you need to raise capital or you need to spend more time on it or you need to do both. Mm. It's at that point that you need to decide, am I going to go full time or am I going to find other people to help me out? Maybe I hire somebody who can be full time or part time. And the real decision point there is if I go full time, can I still live an acceptable lifestyle? Can I pay the bills or not? Mm-hmm. Or can I raise money to do that? But like, will I be able to live or not going full time? If you can do it, then I say go for it. If you can't, then you either need to slow down and grow a little more sort of slowly and mm-hmm. based on the resources and time you have, or you need to find a partner or hire somebody to come help you out. So, so that's really when you have to make that decision. Awesome. 
Awesome. It's been a lovely, lovely chat so far, Patrick. So uh, one last question I have for you. What's, what's your advice for people? I'm sure at this point, people uh, listening to this conversation are kind of contemplating about doing this 10% entrepreneurship thing. So what advice do you have for people who are considering to taking up a side project and living this 10% um, entrepreneurship lifestyle? So I would send you. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna send you to check out. Uh, I made a free ebook that actually gives you a bunch of exercises that will help you to think through these issues. And I think that's the best way um, for anybody who's interested in doing this to actually try going through the thought process of starting something. And it's totally free. So if you go to my website, patrickmcginnis.com/slash/buildyour10, you can actually download an ebook, and it's got all these great exercises. So do those exercises, and then. You know, I think it's about mindset and shifting your mindset. So as you exist in the world, as you get up in the morning, go to work, go home, talk to people, consume media, whatever you do in your daily life, try to think about ideas, opportunities, things that are easy to do or, or, or available to you that you could maybe think about because it's really in our everyday life that we come up with the ideas. You know, maybe it's that your grandmother had a great recipe that you could maybe turn into a, a food company. Maybe it's that your spouse or a family friend or somebody has a cool idea that you could partner with them on and get involved with. Or maybe it's that you've always had a great idea or something that you felt passionate about. You saw that that one thing out there that didn't make sense to you and you thought, why doesn't somebody solve that problem? You can either sit around wishing somebody else would solve that problem or try to do it yourself. But I think it's about getting that mindset going and then making a plan and trying to actually do it. And the great thing is, even if it doesn't go well, even if after a week you decide, eh, this isn't for me, you have no downside. You didn't quit your job, you're experimenting, and you've learned something from the experience. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, Patrick, where can people find you after they, after they finish listening to this episode? And any last okay. thoughts? Yeah. So, uh, you can find me at my website, which I mentioned before, but it's patrickmcginnis.com. Uh, last name is M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, 10% Entrepreneur. On uh, YouTube, I have a bunch of videos showing you how to actually do all this stuff. I'm also on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis. Basically, if you go to my website, you can find everything you could ever want. There's downloads of a free chapter. There's a quiz that shows you what kind of 10% entrepreneur you should be and all kinds of other resources. So um, if you're interested, there's plenty out there. And then, of course, you can find the book um, in, in the U.S. and the U.K. and many other countries at booksellers. You can also find it at Amazon, on Kindle. And uh, there's even an ebook uh, that you can download. I'm sorry, an Audible book. And you can find it at different Audible providers. So um, it, it's all out there. And I would encourage uh, – you know, my, my parting words would be that um, – it's so easy, and, and I think I'm tempted to do the same thing. It's always easy to find the reason not to do something, right? It's, it's, it's always easy. You can always be too busy or just not feel like doing something. But the reality is that um, there's no reason not to try this because it's just 10%. And if you do well, uh, you can really create a lot of opportunities for yourself. And even if it goes poorly, you can just switch and do something else, try something else, and at the worst case scenario, you've lost nothing for the effort. So I, I hope people realize this is actually a very, I hate to say practical because it makes it sound boring, but this is a very practical way to integrate entrepreneurship into your lifestyle in a meaningful way that could actually yield huge benefits. Oh, awesome, awesome. 
Thank you so much, Patrick. It's been a lovely chat and I truly, truly appreciate your time. I think um, I really urge those of you listening to take the plunge, go download his ebook. And um, thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you so much, Karthik. Um, thanks for having me. And um, I look forward to hearing how your side projects are going. So best of luck. All right, that was Patrick McGuinness, and I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I really enjoyed talking to Patrick. We, uh, you know, we talked about a lot of different things, and I know you kind of digged into every bit of it. So go listen to episode 81 and also come back to this episode and give it one uh, final listen before you go and decide on downloading that guide from Patrick's website. I downloaded that guide, and I, I can tell you so much that it has been well-crafted because I have gone through this. Well, I haven't met Patrick before uh, I started doing what I'm doing today, but I think what he has written down is exactly or at least close to what I kind of went through um, more than a year back when I tried to you know, put everything aside and start my side project. Well, if you're someone who loves taking action and uh, loves to actually come, come back and make yourself accountable, do subscribe to my newsletter. You can do that by heading over to designyourthinking.com. Uh, in that homepage, right in the bottom, you'll see a button. Click that and you'd be asked to enter your first name and your email address. Do that. And I'll see you in your inbox with some thought-provoking stuff every 15 days or uh, or something around that time. So I really appreciate your time. And if you like listening to this episode, go subscribe to this podcast. You can do that by heading over to designyourthinking.com slash iTunes if you're using an Apple device or designyourthinking.com slash Stitcher. That's the app you want to use if you're using an Android device. Uh, Do that and I will see you every Monday, Wednesday and Friday with episodes that really uh, trigger your thinking and help you make better products. All right, you can find the show notes by heading over to designyourthinking.com slash episode 082. Till I see you with the next episode, stay tuned, stay inspired, keep pushing, keep crushing. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Design Your Thinking podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter at www.designyourthinking.com. 